You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the emergency edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm going to rush through the intro because we've got a lot to get to because the Pelicans have, quote, dismissed head coach Alvin Gentry, according to Andrew Lopez, which is cool to see him break this story, and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. So they're immediately going to go into a coaching search. So today in the emergency show right here, we're going to look at Gentry's tenure, talk a little bit about him, and then talk about what's next, who's on the radar, and what should the Pelicans look for in their next head coach. So let's dive into it in this emergency edition of Locked On Pelicans. So this move should come as no surprise. It's a bit disappointing, but given the way the Pelicans just completely flamed out and tanked out of the bubble in the NBA's restart, they had to make a move. Gentry has not had the most success here in New Orleans being the man to replace Monty Williams, which is a little bit ironic given the success that Monty had in the bubble despite the Suns not making the playoffs. But in five years here in New Orleans, he only made the playoffs one time. It did involve the team getting into the second round after a sweep over the Portland Trailblazers, but ultimately taking over Anthony Davis on his second contract and just not finding the success that he wanted or the team wanted. This is no real surprise to dismiss Alvin Gentry. The team actually just, as I'm recording this, put out a statement and it goes, quote, I'm grateful for and appreciative of Alvin's commitment to the organization and most importantly, the local community, said Griffin. The city of New Orleans is richer because of his presence here. These types of moves are often about fit and timing and we believe now is the right time to make this change and bring in a new voice. I want to thank Alvin for his contributions to the Pelicans and the New Orleans community, said Pelicans owner Gail Benson. We believe that making a head coaching change is necessary at this time. I truly appreciate Alvin's leadership, dedication, and perseverance through some challenging circumstances over the past five seasons. He will always be part of our Pelicans family, and we wish him and his family all the best in the future. Our intention moving forward is to find the right head coach that will guide this Pelicans team to compete for championships. That's what our fans deserve. End quote. So, yeah, they're they're moving on. I think this indicates that he's not going to move into a front office role like a lot of people were thinking and that the team is just going to eat the $5.4 million that he would have been paid next season. That is a lot of money, and this does show some of the commitment that ownership Gail Benson has really kind of found renewed with when it comes to this organization. After being known as a cheap franchise, they spent a lot of money to bring in David Griffin this past offseason, to bring in Swin Cash, Trajan Langdon as the GM, revamp a lot of the front office and the medical staff hiring Aaron Nelson, and then sinking about $10 million into renovating a pretty new facility. Now you're going to pay $5.4 million to Alvin Gentry and however much you're going to need to pay your next head coach. That is a big financial commitment to this franchise during that time. That's a really big change from what we've seen in the past. So on the surface right there, just for that alone, I think this is a big thing. Alvin Gentry, again, not having the success that you would have hoped for. In five seasons, he had an overall record of 175 wins and 225 losses. That's a 43.8% winning percentage and just getting into the playoffs once 
A lot of this was stuff outside of his control, to be perfectly honest. He has used 140 starting lineups in five seasons. That is an insane number. That's more than anyone else during the past five seasons. It's 11 more than the next closest team. In his first season, he used 42 different starting lineups. In more than half the games, you had a different starting lineup. Injuries and all of that stuff have played a factor. But when the team has been healthy, they haven't exactly looked great outside of that stretch run they had to get into the postseason the one time when they swept the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. We've seen this team for five years, more or less, come out and start games slow. You saw it in the bubble. You've seen it on the court during the regular season. You've seen issues with the defense consistently over this time, too. And that's going to be a big reason why they've decided to move on from Alvin Gentry. I'm in the camp that thinks a coach needs to motivate his players to a degree, and clearly they have not been kind of having that get through to them from him. So whether or not it's on them or the coaches, you at least need to try a new voice. And given that you have Zion Williamson here, given that the future looks brighter than ever in New Orleans, that's kind of how you're going to go about doing it, I think. And finding the right long-term coach, I think, is a big deal for it. So why now? Why not before? Why not last offseason? I do think that David Griffin wanted to keep Alvin Gentry for at least a year and see if it could work. The roster they had at least offensively made sense under him. The offense wasn't the problem this season for New Orleans. It really was the defense. And coming in, yeah, you don't know what you were going to have. You had to make a trade um, for Anthony Davis. So kind of keeping Alvin Gentry here in some continuity with a pretty strong coaching staff, I think is a big deal. And the coaching staff is an open question of what's going to happen with some of these guys. So we will see. That's something we'll talk about here in the next, in the third segment of the show as well. So this was a move the team absolutely should have made and kind of the writing has been on the wall. I do think that they had a decision made in mind before entering the bubble. David Griffin himself had said that we weren't going to, that he wasn't going to let these eight games really kind of cloud his judgment. No recency bias there in terms of what to do with the team on any sort of evaluation. This was probably the way he was leaning before. But if it wasn't, this definitely the bubble definitely pushed him over the edge with how poor the team looked during that stretch. Just nothing going right for New Orleans in those eight seeding games. And at that point, it became very clear that a change needed to be made. So again, broken by Andrew Lopez of ESPN and A.N. Woj, it's the Pelicans dismissing head coach Alvin Gentry. We got more on this coming up in the next two segments of this emergency edition of Locked On Pelicans. So why make this move now? And I think the big thing is it's likely to be a pretty busy offseason in terms of the coaching carousel. The Brooklyn Nets have a head coaching vacancy after dismissing Kenny Atkinson. The Bulls just fired Jim Boylan, which was a smart move for the Bulls, leading them to have a big offseason as well with a lot of some young talent there, a team that looks like they could be on the rise and looks to be a pretty interesting opening. You could also have one with the Sacramento Kings, potentially, if they don't decide to keep or if they decide to dismiss Luke Walton after Vladi Divac uh, stepped down as running their front office, and that was his hand-picked guy. That's always the, you know, it's an, always an open question if those guys stay after the guy who hired him is gone. So with all of that, and there's, there could be more, that if you want to get a guy this offseason, if there's someone you have targeted, and you don't want to wait an extra year, I think they would have maybe ideally liked to have given Gentry one more year, but given what we've seen from the team, you just can't do it. So now you've got to pay to make sure you get the person that you want. And there's a lot of names rumored. Ty Lue, Jason Kidd, Kenny Atkinson, Jock Vaughn with the Nets right now. And there's a couple others we'll mention here coming up in the third segment. But what are you looking for in a head coach? And what are some of the things you absolutely need on this roster? 
Kevin Barrios posed this to me on Twitter yesterday of what's your number one thing you're looking for in a head coach? And frankly, it's a good question, but it's, it's interesting because I don't think I can distill it down to one thing, but you need someone who just has a vision for what this team is. Gentry's vision is play fast, right? That's kind of what it was, but I don't necessarily think he commanded the respect of the team. And frankly, I can tell you a lot of those guys tuned him out and didn't have a ton of respect for him, which goes into probably him being dismissed right now that just the locker room dynamics of him as the head coach and the rest of the players just didn't quite work as well as they would have hoped or liked. And it was representative with how the team played on the court. So someone who can step in and really kind of command the respect of the locker room, that kind of leads you to feeling like it should be an established guy, but I don't necessarily know if that's the move to go with for the Pelicans right now necessarily. So someone who can really kind of command the respect of these young guys, whether that's through his innovative coaching style, being kind of a smart guy who's showing them a lot of things that make sense and going to lead to success, whatever you have, I think that is really a big, big thing for New Orleans and kind of what they need, kind of a vision. I also want someone who's willing to adapt to kind of the changing basketball landscape. You see it with guys like Eric Spolstra and Nick Nurse, who are kind of like sponges of knowledge, who realize the league's changing and try to get ahead of the trends to make their teams more successful. They don't have one specific style. Their vision is a little bit different than just how they want to go about doing it. They're willing to be adaptable. You see Nick Nurse with his various defense that he throws out there, changing their style of offense at times too. And then I always go back to the story of Eric Spolstra, and this goes back kind of far now, going to watch Oregon football when Chip Kelly was there and attend practices to learn about the spacing and then adapting those football concepts to the basketball court for that space and pace kind of offense that the Heat ran that led them to four straight finals and two titles. Looking for someone who kind of has that like visionary kind of aspect to them, I think is what I want to see in this team. I'm less concerned about out of timeout plays and things like that, that a lot of other people are, but just someone who can get through to these players, whatever way that is and however they go about it. And I think that is what I'm looking for in a head coach. Someone who could just get through to these guys because Gentry wasn't able to do it. You've seen it. They wouldn't come out that flat. Yes, they're professionals and they should do it, but that's on the head coach too. Even when guys are professional, sometimes you need to push them a little bit more to do their jobs a little bit better. Your boss probably does this to you in your day-to-day life. It applies to the basketball court as well. Another open question I have too is the assistants. We tend to like a lot of the people on the team, right? Chris Finch is thought of very highly. It's interesting that his name's not coming up in this. And I'll mention that in the third segment is the reason why I think that's the case. You also have guys like Jeff Bizdelic on the sideline, who's their defensive coordinator, who's had a lot of success historically through the league, maybe not in his one season here in New Orleans. Is he going to be let go? What about a guy like Jamel McMillan, who's done wonders working with the guards, uh, you know, and the rest of everybody? So these are people you want to try and keep. And the fact that you make a move right now early on in this process means you might be able to keep those guys too if you make a hire quickly and the new head coach wants to keep them and they want to work for the new head coach. And I think that is an important thing to keep in mind as well. So we've mentioned some of the names of the head uh, potential head coaches. Let's talk about more here coming up in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. So now that there's a head coaching vacancy here in New Orleans, what should be one of the hotter head coaching vacancies too, I think. You've got Zion Williamson, you've got Brandon Ingram. That's a pretty strong base to have as a head coach and potentially have some success sooner rather than later. And this isn't the Pelicans looking for a long rebuild. 
They have those guys. There's a reason why they wanted to try and get into the playoffs right now, even if that wasn't maybe the expectation we should have had about the team. But they want to be competitive. I don't think this is like spend a couple of years in the lottery and build things up. You've got a pretty big restart and jump on your rebuild by landing Zion and then trading Anthony Davis and getting a very good return for him, which you don't always see for superstars. So you've got a head coaching opening now. Who fills it? So some of the names we've heard mentioned, Tyron Lue, Jason Kidd, Jock Vaughn, those were reported by um, Andrew Lopez of ESPN. So Ty Lue makes a lot of sense. He's got experience working with David Griffin. Griffin promoted him to being head coach after they dismissed David Blatt and then won a title with him as a head coach. And he kept taking that team to the NBA Finals, even if they didn't win another further title with it. He could immediately come in and I think command the respect of the team and of the room with his NBA championship rings and then his time as a player too. I think a lot of people, maybe it's the not the way you want to remember him or he wants to be remembered of Allen Iverson stepping over him in the NBA Finals. Being a player and having these guys maybe be a, at least a little bit young, maybe it was kind of a little bit before their time, um, know him as a player I think is a big thing. And the success he's already had, you can kind of step in and go, this is what we did to win a title with LeBron. This is what we need to do to win a title here. And that works. And I don't think it rocks the boat too much or anything like that. The other name of Jason Kidd, I think is interesting too. Most people are out on him as a head coach and I am too, but I think, but maybe not as much as others. I think this is one of those things where he's had a, not a ton of success in terms of wins and losses and the Bucks right now are significantly better without him, but Giannis speaks so highly of him and wanted to save his job that I think that is something that's at least worth looking at as a checkmark in his favor on the pro column. Everything else, no. And he's kind of like burned places to the ground, it feels like. So I wouldn't go after him, but I'm not ready to like completely rule him out like a lot of people are. You do also need to mention he has a domestic violence conviction of his ex-wife back in 2001. I've had people mentioned this to me as a reason why he shouldn't get a job or things like that. And maybe he shouldn't get the job because of it. I also don't think it's going to stop anything whatsoever. It seems like Jason Kidd will get another job. But yes, the domestic violence conviction is a big deal. And when you talk about assistant coaches and people are looking at Adrian Griffin up in Toronto right now, he's got a messy situation with that where he's being accused of domestic violence by his ex-wife. And they've got a whole lot of stuff, whatever it is, and I tend to believe survivors, that's kind of the way I lean on this, that's been going on for a couple of years now, and that's a situation I want to stay away from. But Jason Kidd's being so far in the past probably helps him in this regard, where I don't think it would make or break his candidacy like it would a guy like Adrian Griffin, who's kind of going through this right now. Whether that should or should not be the case is entirely separate from that. It's just kind of the facts as I see him. The other name that's been brought up specifically so far by Andrew Lopez is Jock Vaughn over there with the Brooklyn Nets, formerly head coach of the Magic. He is having some success there. The Nets outplayed way better than we thought they were going to in the bubble. And if you're kind of looking at the most recent stretch without a guy like Kyrie Irving, without a guy like Kevin Durant, all of that's really important. And they played hard. They competed. In a final pointless game for them, they tried to knock out the Portland Trailblazers, essentially, in what was maybe the most fun game of the bubble or one of them, and one that came down to the final shot. Getting guys up for that game that doesn't matter is a big deal, given the lethargy we've seen from the Pelicans over this stretch. But you've also got a big slate of assistant head coaches who seem like they could be really good. Darvin Ham is a name that's come up, and if I were to do my big board of coaches, and we'll probably do this on Monday, he's probably number one. 
guy who's got experience with the Bucks, playing experience as well. And this is someone that is going to be a head coach. When you talk to people around the league, and I have the past couple of days regarding this, everyone mentions him as someone that's going to be a head coach eventually. And that is a very big thing. They just plays the smart style with the Bucks that they do. Defensively, he knows how to get a lot out of people, as we've seen from it. And that's someone to kind of keep an eye on. You've also got guys like David Vanterpool and Jerry Stackhouse, assistant coaches around the league who people are incredibly, incredibly high on. Vanterpool is known for kind of getting more out of guys defensively than their actual talent is. That's a big deal. He's with the Timberwolves right now. He'd been with the Portland Trailblazers before where they've had a lot of success. It's worth kind of keeping an eye on. Jerry Stackhouse, former player. Again, I think that kind of matters to a degree here. He is the head coach of Vanderbilt right now. He'd been an assistant with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors before and was the head coach of the Raptors G League team for a while. He's had a lot of success, a guy that players could relate to and should be able to kind of step in and do a lot of the really, really good things that they want. And when he was the G League head coach, he won the G League that year. The then D League in 16-17 was the D League coach of the year that year. You've also got Kenny Atkinson, former Brooklyn Nets head coach, a guy who's known as developing players. Your floor is probably higher with him, but your ceiling's probably lower as well. But frankly, that might not be all you need when you have a guy like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson on the team. So there's a number of people that you could mention. We'll mention more on Monday's show, I think. Um, and over the next week is we really are probably going to spend the majority of the week breaking this down from kind of every angle. But there's a reason the Pelicans got into this right now. And when they did, making a move quickly and decisively because there's going to be a lot of head coaching vacancies, it seems like we've already got three, and potentially with room for more, you want to make sure you get the best guy you can and you should be able to get the best guy here in New Orleans given the talent that they have an owner that's willing to spend and a very good front office led by David Griffin. So there you go. Alvin Gentry dismissed. We talked about some of the names that could replace him some of the pros and cons with them too. And then the whole situation about this and why the Pelicans had to do it now. We'll have more on this the rest of the week. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from, whether you're a fan of the team and live here in New Orleans, or you're just a Zion guy, or you just want to watch some fun basketball. We've got it all here in New Orleans. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday.